Coming up this evening, an NTD business. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Over 400,000 recovered last month, but who's doing the hiring? The FDA limiting the use of the J&J COVID vaccine. It's over health risks. A massive fight breaks out in Shanghai between locals and authorities. The city's been under strict lockdown. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Paul Graney here, live from New York City. Happy Friday. The president today traveling to the industrial Midwest, announcing a new initiative to boost domestic manufacturing. Large companies will now help small to medium-sized firms to use 3D printing technology. 3D printing allows companies to make parts in cheaper, easier, and more efficient ways. Here's the president. A commitment by these large companies to help those smaller ones adapt new technologies so we can continue to be the leading exporter of aircrafts and engines and in areas like medical devices, clean energy technologies, and so much more. Five major manufacturers, including GE, Honeywell, Siemens, Raytheon, and Lockheed Martin, have all signed on to the program. Federal government will also help smaller manufacturers to buy 3D printing equipment. Keep you updated on that. Sounds interesting. And big day in jobs today. The number of people interested in working at Twitter has surged since Elon Musk's bid was accepted. According to Glassdoor data, interest in jobs at Twitter almost quadrupled last week. A recent Harris poll found that 59% of Americans either somewhat or strongly support Musk's takeover. But while many want to get in the door, a number of current employees are concerned about the direction Musk will take the platform. They want to ensure content moderation. Musk says Twitter isn't truly a free speech platform. He's criticized how it censored a story about President Biden's son in the run-up to the 2020 presidential election. Jack Dorsey, who was Twitter's CEO at the time, recently admitted that was a total mistake. It's not just jobs that Twitter Americans are clambering for. The U.S. added a cool 428,000 jobs in April, that's according to the Labor Department. Leisure and hospitality, think restaurants and hotels, added the most jobs, nearly 80,000. Education and health care added nearly 60,000. Unemployment rate held steady, 3.6%, while employers continued to hire. The supply of available workers didn't increase. Instead, 363,000 workers dropped out of the labor force, and the labor force participation rate also fell slightly. So this is Julia Pollack, chief economist with ZipRecruiter. Julia, it seems like a pretty good report, but the labor force fell and the labor force participation rate fell. It's surprising. Yes. So this whole household report, actually, the household section of the jobs report was a doozy this month. Everything fell. Uh, even the employment level in that report fell. And that, of course, is not consistent with 428,000 non-farm payroll gains in the establishment survey. That establishment survey has a much bigger sample. Economists uh, typically think that it's more reliable. So I'm sort of discounting the household report this month. I just don't think it makes sense. It doesn't add up. Okay, so the other one is more reliable. It looks good. Okay, that's positive. Let's stick with that on a Friday. Uh, it seems positive. Everyone seems positive. Now, during the, the month, we saw some mortgage companies laying off significant numbers of their staff. Robinhood, at-home trading, app laying off people as well. Are we seeing a rotation away from pandemic-style jobs more into reopening jobs? 
That is what I expected that we would see. And yet we see job gains in transportation and warehousing accelerating. That sector has added 670,000 jobs since the pandemic, and it is still going really strong. Manufacturing also did really well since the pandemic because spending on goods went up. That industry came out with a huge number today. So it looks like the industries that did really poorly during the pandemic are now recovering, and they're recovering in a sort of healthy, robust, uh, rapid way. And the industries that did really well during the pandemic, more power to them. They're continuing to grow and, and strengthen, except, of course, for those companies, uh, you know, the, the, the household names that suddenly popped up and were a bit of a fad, let's say. Good to hear. We see wages rising. You deal with a lot of employers. Are people, are business owners getting a little more reluctant to hire people as wages increase? Well, employers added 428,000 jobs, so they don't seem to be too reluctant. Uh, on the contrary, it looks like employers are uh, hungry for workers. They know that if they can't staff up, if they can't provide service, if they're making customers wait, they're going to leave money on the table. So they are very, very eager to get workers in the door and they are doing what is necessary to bring them back. Um, those wage increases do hurt many employers, especially small businesses. Small businesses are struggling to keep up with the big businesses and the public sector is struggling to keep up with the private sector at the moment. Expect to see big wage gains among public sector workers in the coming months as workers you know, renegotiate their contracts and demand cost of living increases. Are we seeing them in the, in the hiring trends as well? Are bigger companies hiring more people than smaller companies? Yes, we are seeing that. Uh, in the JOLTS report that just came out this week, there was really good news in those big businesses. Uh, smaller businesses are having a much harder time. It's been a hard time. Julie Pollock, Zipper could appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Take care. You too. And many workers who left their jobs during the pandemic are coming back. They're apparently called boomerang employees, and how companies view these workers is changing. Let's take a look. I am officially a boomerang. And so are millions of other American workers today. A boomerang, someone who left an employer before choosing to return. Boomerangs like Jim Klimas made up 4.3% of all U.S. job switches last year, up from 3.3% pre-pandemic, according to LinkedIn. Being careful not to feel like I was taking a step backwards. So uh, when I... When it felt right, it was a surprise. Klimas worked in HR at Adobe, but in 2020, he left for a new opportunity. Last year, he returned to Adobe after just 18 months. The average time Americans boomerang back is down from 22 months to 17 months. Part of it was during the pandemic, it was harder to sink roots into a company. Uh, I missed some of the colleagues and the confidence that I could do important work and add value and, and have impact was the most important thing. Boomeranging often carries a negative connotation, but that is changing. The balance of power has shifted to the employee. It's the first time we've seen employers really welcoming that trend as well to say, we'd love to have you back here. Will Staney, CEO of Proactive Talent, a recruiting firm, says he has three boomerangs working at his 50-person company and calls them the best untapped secret. They've gone and gathered other skill sets elsewhere with the context of what they learned at your company. 
the onboarding is smoother. You know, the the training, the the the, the culture fit is already determined. I think it's a great low cost and high quality way of 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 hiring. Like many Americans, Klimas had options when he was looking for his next move. But ultimately, the familiarity of Adobe, the impact he felt he could make, and remote work helped him seal the deal. In a blow to Chicago, Boeing, the symbol of American aviation, is moving its headquarters to Arlington, Virginia. Boeing says there's a lot of engineering talent there. Also, many of the largest military contractors are in Northern Virginia. Oh, just so happens its biggest customer, the U.S. government, is there. Amazon has decided to also move its secondary headquarters to the same area, giving a boost to local labor and property markets. Boeing will still have a presence in Chicago, which has been the location of its headquarters since 2001. And of the three major COVID vaccines used in the United States, Johnson & Johnson's is by far the least popular. And now, it'll probably be used even less. The FDA announced Thursday it's now limiting its use. Anthony Scott Fredrickson has more. The FDA is limiting the Johnson & Johnson vaccine to adults over 18 who can't use other vaccines. This is because of a blood clot risk. When those blood clots do form and someone gets TTS, as rare as it is, it can be quite dangerous. Um, there's a, there is a substantial mortality rate. Dr. J. Wesley Alm is a medical researcher at Harvard Medical School Hospital System. Alm says the J&J shot can still be better for some than the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Many people may prefer it to the other vaccines, again, particularly these young teenagers, young men, who have a higher rate of myocarditis with something like Moderna. Pfizer is somewhat in between. Unlike Pfizer and Moderna, the J&J vaccine requires only a single shot and works more like a traditional vaccine. However, it's been used far less than its rivals, partially because of the blood clot risk. This rare side effect is only being seen in about one person out of every two million doses. Peter Pitts is a former FDA associate commissioner. Pitts says it's mostly women under 50 more likely to get the clots. The clotting risks were first announced last spring, with the Johnson & Johnson shot in the U.S. and a similar vaccine made by AstraZeneca used in other countries. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. On Wall Street, major indexes kept falling today, not as bad as yesterday, thankfully. The Dow, though, lost 99 points, three-tenths of a percent. S&P dropped 24 points, six-tenths of a percent. And the Nasdaq fell 173 points, one and four-tenths of a percent. All three indexes registered losses for the week. Dow has fallen for six weeks in a row. Not good. And people are going out to shop in person again. Good news, right? But online retailers, the lockdown winners, are feeling the impact. Not only are e-commerce transactions not growing anymore, they're down 1.8% from a year ago. That's while in-store sales are up 10%. This is from a new report by MasterCard. Spooked investors, bad news for many e-commerce retailers, shares of Etsy, Shopify, Poshmark all falling today. Wayfair stock is down 2% after falling 26% Thursday. That's a new low for the past year after reporting bigger than expected losses and fewer active customers. With that kind of volatility in the stock market, add risks like inflation and tighter monetary policy weighing on investors, many are now turning to stocks and funds that pay dividends. Anthony Sean Marshall has more. Dividend stocks and dividend ETFs are becoming more popular lately as people worry more about volatility, inflation, and recession. 
dividends are sum of money paid regularly, typically quarterly, by a company to its shareholders out of its profits or reserves. Investment expert Charles Mizrahi gave me his views on dividends. Because a dividend is really basically what the company is returning. They're saying they can't invest your money anymore and get a higher rate of return internally by doing acquisitions, buying back shares, doing whatever. So they return it back to shareholders in, in, in forms of a dividend. Mizrahi thinks the growth of an investment is a more important factor than dividends. Long-term capital gains is a much, much, much lower rate than paying dividends, which is ordinary income. So why would I want money back every quarter or every year at a dividend and pay a high rate of tax and put that money in a low rate, like one or 2% in the bank or a treasury bill, when I could let the company, if it's a good one, continually compound money for me. Joseph Haig of the Let's Talk Money YouTube channel has different views on dividends. Uh, growth stocks have beaten dividends for the better part of 10 years, in fact, and those the taxes that you pay on those dividends every year are a drag on your growth. But you don't invest in dividends for that. You invest in dividends for the motivation and, and really the security that you get from that. He also shared a personal positive life experience with dividends. Um, more recently, you know, my wife wanted to uh, quit work for a few years to finish her nursing degree, something she had always wanted to do, and I wanted to support her in that. And it was really only the income from our dividends, from our dividend stocks, that allowed us to do that, to make up for that lost income while she was, while she was studying. Recently, cryptocurrency trading platform Global Tech Industries has declared a special dividend payable in Shiba Inu tokens to its holders of the company's common stock. Views on dividends may be split, but the popularity is growing. Sean Marshall, NTD News. In a warning for the global economy, China's Auto Association estimates that April sales dropped nearly 50% year-on-year. China's zero-COVID policy has shut down factories there. It's the steepest decline in sales for the world's largest auto market since February 2020. And the latest sign of the economic costs of China's pandemic policies. A survey by the Association of China's Auto Dealers showed that car showrooms in 34 cities had been shut down in April, most of them for more than a week. Japanese investment bank Nomura estimated in mid-April that 45 cities representing 40% of China's GDP were under full or partial lockdowns. In fact, a fight erupted at an Apple factory in Shanghai over the lockdowns on Thursday. Here's Anthony's Don Ma. A clash breaks out amid lockdowns between locals and Shanghai authorities. The clash on Thursday is at the Shanghai factory Quanta. Quanta makes devices for Apple like MacBooks. The factory workers are rebelling because they're fed up with Shanghai's lockdown measures. Amid Shanghai's lockdown, authorities are forcing workers to work, live and sleep on site. Whether it's at factories or at office buildings, you're not allowed to go home. Essentially, Shanghai turned some workplaces into quarantine facilities. But Shanghai locals' protest may end up in vain, as Xi Jinping on Thursday told Chinese officials in an important meeting to unswervingly follow the zero-COVID policy. He told them to firmly oppose acts that goes against China's virus prevention policies. But what does that look like in practice? Here's a clip of what happened to a woman who went against virus prevention policies. She's being forcibly given a virus test. 
China's zero COVID policy aims to get rid of every single virus case across the nation. It tries to achieve this through strict lockdowns and regular mass virus testing. China is currently setting up thousands of permanent virus testing stations. 9,000 are already completed in Shanghai. Authorities are seeking to normalize tough pandemic measures even after the current round of lockdowns end. But of course, Chinese residents are worried long-term measures could cause them a lot of pain. But I also hope that the government can introduce some policies that will not affect the overall lives of citizens. After all, we have mortgages and car loans and are under pressure. An estimate by Normira, a Japanese finance holding company, shows the economic cost of China's zero-COVID policy, specifically the cost of mass virus testing. It says testing 70% of the population every two days would amount to 8.4% of China's GDP. That's equal to more than $1.3 trillion. Don Ma, NTD News. And still to come, stay with us. Fiji seizes the yacht of a Russian oligarch at the request of the United States. Why? Tiffany and company releasing new trophies for the Miami Grand Prix as practice runs begin. That and more coming up on NTD Business. back. Buy now, pay later. It's certainly not new, but it is attracting a new group of consumers, Gen Z young people who want to get their hands in the latest fashion and gadgets. And if you don't have the cash, why not just buy it now and pay later? What could go wrong? And did he spill Zoe? That's what you need to know. There's a hot new trend catching fire on TikTok. Buy now, pay later. Many young influencers are seen wearing clothes and jewelry worth hundreds if not thousands of dollars. And if you don't have the cash, just buy now, pay later. So both from an access and an attitude standpoint, buy now, pay later is attractive. Ted Rossman is a senior analyst at personal finance firm Bankrate. A lot of people don't even view it as debt. They just think, oh, that's just four payments that I need to make over the next six weeks and then I'm done. Or even if it stretches out longer, there's built-in light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that predictability is really part of the appeal. Americans spent more than $20 billion on buy now, pay later services last year. For Generation Z, their appetite for short-term loans grew tenfold since 2020. You want to kind of space out that payment so it becomes more affordable. Mark Warner is the founder of Ghostbed. He offers buy now, pay later for his mattresses. He says people need to be responsible and not get carried away. There's always going to be people that misuse things. I mean, for example, if you like pizza and some guy makes great pizzas, if you eat five pizzas, you're probably going to get a bellyache. You know, but you have to be the person that regulates that. 
So um, some people will probably take on too much credit, and it could be younger people that just aren't really realizing what they're, they're in for. A recent poll from Ipsos showed people wanting to use buy now, pay later for gas and even rent. Over half of the people surveyed want to use it for medical bills, which a fourth of Americans cannot afford. Phil Zhou, NTD News. Authorities in Fiji seized a $300 million yacht of a Russian oligarch on Thursday. The 348-foot luxury vessel arrived in Fiji last month from Mexico, and the U.S. requested Fiji to seize the superyacht as its allies imposed sanctions on Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. U.S. Justice Department's klepto-capture task force is focused on seizing luxury assets of Russian oligarchs, including yachts. The yacht's owner was sanctioned by the U.S. in 2014 and 2018 in response to Russia's actions in Syria and Ukraine. He's also been sanctioned by the European Union. And after the closure of Ukraine's port of Odessa at the start of Russia's invasion, apple growers in neighboring country of Moldova say they're struggling to export their fruit. Anthony's Andrew Thomas has the details. Apple orchard manager Ion Tulei said the next closest port was in Constanza in Romania, and growers have had to look at new ways to export their fruit. The main export was by sea from the port of Odessa, but now Odessa is closed, so now we are doing our best to export via Constanta in Romania. But this is something new. We're analyzing new companies, new contacts, and new ways of working. Exporting via Constanta is much more expensive. The Romanian port is 250 miles away compared to the much closer Odessa. Tulei's orchard lies right on the border with Ukraine. The traditional apple exports were 90% oriented to the Russian market, but in the last three to four years, we succeeded in exporting other fruits to EU countries like Germany. Svetlana Nistor is the head of the local chamber of commerce. In this area, we're producing mostly apples, grapes and grains. The conflict in Ukraine has a big impact on our exports, especially via Odessa or by road to the Russian Federation. And this affects apples and grapes in particular. Now this is impossible, and we're looking for alternative ways to export, such as through Romania. Russia's invasion and the conflict across Ukraine have already had a major impact on exports. Local apples were being handed out to volunteers and people who had just crossed the border. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. The video game classic Miss Pac-Man has gobbled up her competition. Iconic's successor to Pac-Man, which was launched in 1981, has been chosen for the World Video Game Hall of Fame. As the first widely recognized female video game character, Miss Pac-Man would pave the way for characters like Zelda. In fact, one Zelda game is also part of the Hall's class of 2022, setting the standard for 3D games. Another selection, Dance Dance Revolution, paved the way for hits like Guitar Hero and Rock Band. The fourth selection of this year's Hall of Fame class was Sid Meier's Civilization, with more than 50 million units sold. The popularity of the series shows building a civilization is more fun than destroying one. A San Francisco startup has created a high-tech beer tap which allows users to pay for their beer with cryptocurrency. Anthony's Andrew Thomas has the details. No need for cash or cards when you want a drink. This beer tap will accept Bitcoin. It's the latest innovation by tech startup Pabina. This technology gives beer lovers the chance to get a hygienic beer 
in desired amounts. On the other hand, bar owners get their payments with almost zero commissions thanks to Lightning Network advantages. This isn't the only pub tech Babino has developed. This Istanbul bar uses the company's smart tap system. It uses artificial intelligence and robotics to manage the taps and kegs. The tech has been rolled out to bars in 30 cities across five countries and served 40 million pints since it launched in 2016. Pavino, as briefed, we built Internet of Beer. Internet of Beer means that connecting each stakeholder in the draft beer ecosystem to build sustainable, hygienic and profitable draft beer operations to support global environment health. Although investing and trading in cryptocurrency is allowed in Turkey, buying goods and services with cryptocurrency is banned. That means this beer tap won't be seen in the bars of the city where it was created anytime soon. But Pubino wants to be ahead of the game if Bitcoin becomes a viable alternative to traditional methods of payment. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And finally this week, start your engines. We're getting a first look at Tiffany & Company's new trophy designs for the Miami Grand Prix. Practice runs for the inaugural Formula One Crypto.com Miami Grand Prix start today. And the first, second and third place winners will get their hands on these trophies. Handcrafted at Tiffany's renowned workshop in Rhode Island, the first place trophy is something special. It's made from 11 and a half pounds of sterling silver. It's the result of over 65 hours of expert silversmithing. We've got to find out who gets to take it home this weekend. The big Grand Prix race is set for Sunday. That's the latest from the NTD business team. and myself, Paul Graney. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox. That's at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Follow me on Twitter, too, if you're there. For NTD Business, it's all for this week. Thank you for watching. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.